Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. We provide straightforward information by bringing excellent guests with real-world experience in all topics related to commercial real estate investing. Happy New Year, everyone. I wish you an incredible and very successful year ahead. Just like last year, we are going to continue doing our goals calls, and this happens every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Everyone is welcomed. The people that stuck with it all ended up buying properties. Um, The only person that did not join the group later in the year, and they are still powering through it, and I am sure we'll end up buying properties this year. It has been an incredible and excellent group to keep ourselves accountable for our goals and also learn from one another and remind each other of things that they should be thinking about when evaluating and analyzing a property. This year, we're going to be just one payment for the entire year. It's $33 a month, $400 a year. We are going to put the link under show notes. Everyone is welcome. We have people with all kinds of experience and investors. And the format is you go over the goals that you had last week, if you accomplished them or not. You go over your goals for this week, and then you talk about what kind of help you will need. And everybody has learned so much from our calls. And I am so proud of everybody that has participated diligently joining our calls every week. So you are all welcome to join. And again, the link will be under show notes. And in today's episode, we are going to be learning what are some of the major things people should know before hiring a general contractor for a remodel or to build a property for you, or if you are expanding your buildings, how we should look for contractors, what kinds of questions you should be asking them, how you should select, and also how you should pay them. We are interviewing Jeff Walston. His company is Premise Construction, and he has been doing this for two decades and has done construction in all kinds of countries, believe it or not, besides the U.S. Here we go. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. You are, I think you're probably the first general contractor we have on the podcast, and I think it'll be super, super helpful for people to understand at least the very basics and hopefully more than that for their own properties. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Well, I'm a commercial general contractor uh, and thanks for having me, Stephanie, on the show, by the way. It's my 20th year, so two decades worth. I've worked all around the Western Hemisphere, uh, Central and South America, U.S., on projects all over. And now I uh, own my own company, Premise Construction, and uh, we do anything from medical to retail to industrial construction and renovations. So I have been living in Louisville for most of my life now, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Construction's one of my passions, to seeing something take shape and come into reality. Yeah, i got two great kids and a fiance, so I'm getting ready to be married soon. So I'm looking forward to that. And But yeah, that's kind of around about me. My whole career is mainly general contracting, a little developing. That's me in a 
little nutshell. Congratulations on your engagement. Oh, thanks. Thank you. And did I hear you just say that you did some developments in South America? Uh, yeah, Central and South America, different countries. Wow. So that was a very, uh, it was a great journey, learning experience with customs for each different country. That was very intriguing to me. So, uh, and <laughs> just sure. the way to keep, <laughs> yeah. And just the people, how they do di business differently in each country. Some I wish the U.S. would adopt and some I wish that other countries would adopt some of the U.S.'s traits. But, you know, you live and you learn and kind of go with the with the flow of things, with the flow of business to make everyone happy and have a great experience. So yeah. fascinating. Yeah. I'm sure there is a lot. There's a whole podcast uh, just in that experience. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> do different countries we could do a podcast a country <laughs> for sure <laughs> that's a so, great idea actually yeah yeah let's start with the u.s first what are some of the major things that people should be aware of before hiring a general contractor you need to know the right questions to ask if you're in search for a general contractor a lot of times you can just go to either your better business bureau or uh Your city uh, commerce centers, they would know a great contractor because they've dealt with them in the past uh, and know that they have a good track record, first and foremost. But essentially, you just, you know, there's some questions that you need to ask and know that they have before prior to starting a commercial project. One, just making sure that they're fully licensed, fully insured, which is general liability and workman's comp, regardless if they aren't even going to be on the job site. You've got to have that. You need to have that. To protect everyone involved it's very important their experience say if for instance you're hiring a contractor and you want to do a restaurant build out well if they don't have any experience in the restaurant sector of commercial construction maybe they've just been doing office buildings you might have a few hiccups going through that whole process because it's going to be a learning process for them um, and you kind of need someone to uh, know what they're doing in that specific sector um, Um, once you figure out if they've done those projects, ask to see them, see if you can get references, a ask around about the particular companies and do your research on them. Uh, it doesn't hurt to Google a company and then actually Google their employees as well. I'd highly recommend that. So by Googling, we're talking about uh, looking at their reviews. Yeah. So if you Google their company, a lot of times their reviews will pop up. And you can read through them and see if they had any issues. If they did have any issues, it's not a red flag. Let's see how they took care of it. Stuff happens. Uh, even in my company, I try to eliminate as many as I can, but there, accidents do happen. Things happen. But it's what matters of how they take, took care of that problem or that issue, what solution they found for the customer, and then how the customer felt about it at the end. If you can look at those and then also... If you Google the company, you can see if maybe the Better Business Bureau, they have a dispute on there. Or if you flag their and Google their name, more than likely, you'll get the red flags pretty quickly outside of any reviews that might pop up. That makes sense. So maybe I'll take you through my journey on trying to find one. And maybe you can, you know, as an example, enlighten me. So sure, I'm looking at expanding a self-storage facility in an area that I don't live in. And so I asked people for some referrals and they gave me referrals to three contractors. 
One, the closest one is within two hour drive of the property and the other ones are a little further away. And then just one of them responded. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. To begin with. <laughs> okay. And I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one going through this. Yeah. So these were referred by people that have extended their facilities. And oh, so okay. what would you do next if you were me? Because they're not responding. And, you know, in my eyes, <laughs> this yeah. is a sale. And of course, you're, you should For be sure. all over it. Yeah, you would think so. Um, a lot of people are overwhelmed uh, with how much work is actually going on. So a lot of times it falls through the cracks. And that also can be on the other side of the coin that also can show you as well. Maybe they're not as organized as you would like for that contractor to be. So if they're not already communicating back with you right away about the job, because they could at least made the phone call back and say, you know, I'm very, very sorry, but if you wanted me to come out and take a look at it, it might not be until two months from now for me to even look at the project. And then six months from then to even start it, that'd have been great for, for them to do that for you. So at least you would have known. But I think on, on the contractor side of things, I think a lot of times they're afraid to reach out, tell people that because then, oh, well, you know, you, you've heard that Stephanie. And so now you're going to tell your fellow people in your niche of self-storage, well, well, they're, they were too busy for me, but you know, three months later, they may not be anymore. So they don't want that to come out. But my advice would be to reach out to them again, several different avenues, email, call. Um, if you really want them to get a bid and that's a respectable company, you can always Google who their team members are and actually try to reach out to them on social media. Say, hey, I uh, see that you're doing a great project and really have a project coming down the line. And, you know, hey, what what could I get to get you guys to come out and take a look at it? Or are you too busy and just go at that angle? It's not directly to the company. You're actually going to one of the employees and seeing how they approach it. They may not contact you back, but I would keep trying to get more contractors, especially from referrals out there. But the one that did reach back, were they the one that was further than two hours away or were they the closest ones? Or I believe it's the one that is the closest one. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's another thing is a lot of contractors aren't willing to travel because they don't have big enough crews for one and they have enough work in their area that they can just make their profit goals and everything else in that area and they don't need to travel. I've in the past, in my experience, I have to ask a lot of questions before I travel more than two hours away to someone is if they're willing to to pay a little more because not only am I going to be paying everything that it costs to do your project. I'm also going to be paying food and lodging for all my employees that would have out there. So that's an additional expenditure. And that could be another issue why these contractors aren't reaching back out. Cause they just think, well, I'm not in the running. There's no way that she'll pick me because I'll be too high because of that additional expenditure of, you know, stay and travel time and such. I would just keep reaching out to other people and, and try to find contractors a little bit closer that would be willing to do that. You could also, depending on what type of storage unit it is, like what material is being used, I know that people that do metal buildings, what type of addition is it? Is there material that they're using like block and steel or? Yeah, metal, metal buildings. Is it -hmm. it metal? Okay. You can also reach out to metal, uh, you know, building contractors to see if they've done something in the past that's like that because they might just be strictly doing buildings, but it's, it isn't a metal building, which is an addition, even though it's storage, it's still the same material and such a few more doors. 
few more walls. So that could be an avenue for you to reach out. It's hard to say how to get another contractor to apply, <laughs> to reply to you. That's that's the tough one for me, <laughs> for sure. I, I try to reach out to everyone as quickly as I can. It might be a day or so. I just extremely busy, but I do reach out and see what type of project it actually is. And if I'd be interested and I ask a lot of questions to the customers, which I give them time. <laughs> I'll say, hey, I have all these questions. I'll send it to you in email form if you want to answer them and then return them to me. Then we can see if we can work together. Until then, to go out to a, a property that's two hours away, I'm not going to do until we can feel like that we can actually work together and have the right expectations towards one another. So, but to get contractors to call you back, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have the I don't have the magic answer on that one. I'm just trying to do the thought process of in my shoes, what they could be going through. and That makes a lot of sense to send them a questionnaire. It shows how serious they actually are. So I think that's yeah. a great strategy there. So let's say, you know, we're down to a couple of contractors that actually responded to the inquiry. What are some questions people should be asking them to make a decision on which one to pick? If it's not down to price, if they're kind of close in pricing and you're just trying to figure out, okay, who am I comfortable with? Actually, per project, it's different for every circumstance. And it's actually how you feel about the person that's representing the company and then what expectations you want them to have. So for instance, can they meet your communication expectations? Do you want daily updates? Do you want weekly updates? Do you want monthly updates? Like bi-weekly, what, what is your communication expectations? Do you have project managers that's going to be managing our project daily? Do you guys self-perform work or do you all do you subcontract everything out? And if so, like how do you manage those subcontractors? Being that you're if you do have sub, they do have subcontractors that they're utilizing, and you can just ask them how strong are your subcontractors? Do they show up on time? Do they, are they managed well within their company and get a feel of what they say about their subcontractors? And then of course, ask is every subcontractor fully licensed and insured on your property. Another one, if it's commercial property, you want to see also for liability standpoint is if they have any safety protocols. And if they do, what are those safety protocols? And maybe even see if you can get their safety protocol to see if everyone's following it. Because with any commercial property, the public safety for anyone involved in the project is vital, not just the people that are working there or people that are going to be utilizing it. It's through the whole process. Anyone that sets foot on the property, make sure that they're going to be safe and they do not have to worry about any safety concerns and that such. So, and then you can also ask them a really important question is you can say, Hey, I know that you've been doing this a long time, but when problems arise, how do you handle it? Can you give me an example of that one problem or the most recent one? And what did you do to do that and see how they would react? And see what they say, because it may not be what you think it should have been handled. And then on the same token of that is maybe contact uh, some of the referrals and see how the project went that they utilize. Because now you're comparing the nuts and bolts of each company. So you really got to figure out, OK, how are they how are they handling certain projects and are they a fit for me as a project owner on that particular project? And in terms of payment, is it standard to pay half up front and half when it's completed? What is the protocol there? Oh, on payment, it kind of depends on how the contract states. I know a lot of people have been trying to get so much up front to pay for materials because 
as we all know in everyday life right now, uh, materials on certain things are still hard to come by. Your project isn't going to start in like say three months because then you have site work and stuff to do, but you want to go ahead and order your metal because that's actually going to take you three months to get in. But a lot of companies just don't have, you know, a half a million dollars to set around just to pay towards that steel, nor will the suppliers wait that long anymore <laughs> for three months to, to wait on it. So a lot of times you got to pay for that. And now you're just sitting waiting for shipping and such to, to get your material in. But after that, you can do payments or you can do pay as you go. I know pay as you go, as you go, a lot of contractors have been doing and they enjoy that because it's not taking too much of their payroll and money that they have saved up out of the equation each time that they're going through. So basically they pay for everything out of their account. And at the end of the month, you'll write them a check for that. So that basically replaces and replenishes their bank account. So you can ensure next month that they have enough funds to keep your project as well as everyone else that they're doing at the same time as yours, fund it and moving along correctly. Talking about price, how can someone know that the price is right, right for that particular project? And also that there are no surprises and at least the materials cost moving forward. Is there something we can put in the contract? How, how does that go? And I ask that because for real estate projects, as we all know, we have to get a certain amount of dollars allocated sure. to that project. So you actually need certainty in price. Yeah. I know for a fact that if it's a new construction, obviously environmental standpoint of the site work, if you're building a new construction and, or even addition, if you're adding on possibly depending on your region, whoever's listening in the U S or, and even in central South America, if you're listening to this, uh, everyone's different, but for where I'm from, uh, you need to get like site assessments, which is earthwork and you got to figure out if that's contaminated or if there's anything in there. So you have to get environmental testing done. Uh, so that could be a surprise at the very beginning of the whole project. During the process on new construction or additions, there shouldn't be too, too many surprises unless it's under the earth from what we can't see. Uh, maybe they hit a limestone deposit or some type of mineral or a deposit of sand. And now they got to add reinforcements to hold the building up. So other than that, the Pricing, typically, if it's an ongoing project and you can get that pricing set with a supplier that the contractors are utilizing, uh, you can set it for 30 days. They don't want to go much further than that. I know suppliers around here, depending on what type of material that we're using, which supplier we're using, they don't even want to go beyond two weeks. So that's been a kind of a difficult little thing that we've been having to deal with around here. When it comes to renovation, it's all about experience. <laughs> So depending on how long that contractor has been in the trade of what he kind of knows, hey, I'm walking into a building that was built in the 70s behind that wall could possibly still be, you know, some type of lead or something like asbestos or some sort or anything like that, or even older buildings as well. So you got to kind of put that in your mindset and add that to your estimate in dollars, but also any contractor and owner out there, please ask questions to each other because this is the way that we're going to educate people the quickest way. And also do your research online and see what other people have found in, in all these situations and renovations. But a lot of times, just like in like the 1970s building, I was telling you, they could still use lead-based paint and you still have those in those particular situations. So 
you have to think about that again with public safety and everyone involved that you're going to have to remediate all those issues that are coming up. So renovations are a little bit trickier. I think that all goes off experience of what that, that contractor has. I mean, if I got two decades, I'm not saying I'm an expert still to this day in construction, I'll say I'm professional. <laughs> uh, once I put in 50 years, I might say now I'm an expert, but till then I'm still a professional in my mind. It's about asking questions, communicating very well and seeing where we go. Oh, that's been super, super helpful. Um, is there anything else that we haven't covered that is important for our audience to know? On um, one more thing about contractor selection, I want to make this clear to people because that's been happening in the past is a lot, a lot of commercial contractors are very busy, but it's worth waiting for a commercial contractor who has the experience in the commercial field instead of utilizing a residential contractor. I can't tell you that enough. A lot of residential contractors, when they're working, they do not have to think about public safety. Most of the time, they're just thinking about a single family use, that little particular family and their construction crews. They're not thinking about, okay, once I open these doors and hand the keys over, now I'm going to have a thousand to a million people walking through here each year. In my house, I don't, I don't have a million people walking through my front door and through the house every year. So please, please don't use a residential contractor. And if you do happen to use it, I would just say very, very small contract-based. Maybe they're doing uh, drywall and painting and stuff like that. But if it's a full scope project and they have to get sub a lot of subcontractors involved and stuff like that, you're getting into some issues that you could possibly, it's just going to cause you headaches. And I mean, it could be a lawsuit down the line of somebody who's inexperienced, they didn't know, and now they, <laughs> they done a project for you and you're stuck with it. So I hate that, but, uh, That's one of my uh, try to bring it home things is don't use residential contractors for a commercial project. There's way too much risk involved if you, if you do that. So I have no doubt. And uh, I'm glad you're reiterating that fact here. Yeah. This has been wonderful, Jeff. Thank you so much for yeah. making the time. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, they can reach out all social medias with premise construction. We're on, almost all of them. There might be some new things that we haven't jumped on board with, but uh, when you can look at our website, it's premiseconstruction.com or premise construction on LinkedIn or even Facebook. We're on there, even though we're commercial. And also you can look me up at LinkedIn, Jeff Walson on LinkedIn in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I think there's a couple other Jeff Walsons on there. So should have a, a GC Titan on there. If you look me up, I'll be more than happy to have a conversation. Yeah, we can go from there. How far do you go for your projects? Um, so for us, it depends on the size of the project, but we've been going around to uh, different states. So Tennessee, Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky. We're in Kentucky. So it's kind of centralized. Four to five hours is our kind of our radius of drive, but anything over one and a half, we typically will stay to knock the project out and be there as much time as possible. If not, we'll just take care of it within the, the city limits or Southern Indiana, which is very close to us. So, well, this has been super helpful. Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I hope to see some new faces on our goals calls and see every single person purchase a commercial property this year and expand their commercial investments. And I will see you next time.